Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives on Healthcare. We are continuing the Patient's Perspective Marathon. This is number eight on the list and features an interview with Kevin Pushkarik from right here in Washington, Pennsylvania. I hope that you enjoy the interview. Welcome. What is your name? Kevin Pushkarik. Hi, Rob. Hey, Kevin. It's good to see you, my friend. How's it going? Good, good. Good. Glad to hear it. Where are you from, Kevin? I am from Washington, Pennsylvania. Wonderful. I, down in Washington County. And everybody should know that Washington, Pennsylvania is blessed with one thing that um, the rest of Western Pennsylvania does not have, and that is a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> there, there used to be a bunch of them. Uh, the good news for us here in Western Pennsylvania is Chick-fil-A came to some kind of agreement and all of the, well, most of the Krispy Kreme donuts became chick-fil-a so like um i love my donuts but i'll take the chick-fil-a as a replacement it's not a bad trade right so kevin um tell me briefly about yourself and your role in healthcare, please so briefly about myself um i struggled with substance use at a, at a pretty fairly early age uh, from the age of 15, 16 years old. Um, as I grew up, um, you know, and I think I struggled with substance use because I had some undiagnosed mental health um, at an early age and I self-medicated with substances. So um, I struggled with substance use all the way up into my 30s. Um, and I struggled to find recovery and I struggled when I did find recovery, I struggled to stay in recovery. I kind of bounced into recovery and then I would bounce back out into active addiction quite often. Um, so with that being said, I, uh, you know, finally got onto the right path, my recovery journey. And, um, you know, once I did get, get on that recovery journey, um, I, you know, I, I was, with a significant other at the time. And, you know, I just said, I'm sick of doing these jobs where like, you know, it was, it was like manual labor. It just felt like I wasn't feeling like my purpose or self-fulfilled. And I just said to her at the time that like, man, I I really would like to do a job where I could actually help people. And, um, you know, she said to me, I I could maybe get you a job at this place I used to work at. It was, uh, it was, it was in mental health. It was, it was entry level position as like a peer mentor. Um, I wanted to work in drug and alcohol, but I didn't have the necessary clean time to get into that field at the time. Um, so I, I said, yeah, I'll try it out. You know, so I did and I ended up loving it. Um, you know, I no college degree or anything, so it was entry level. And uh, from there, it kind of just hit the ground running. Um, I got certified in quite a few things and um, and certified peer specialist. And, uh, you know, I was working at the county level, then went to the state level. And now I'm the program director at Youth Move PA about six years later after after hitting the mental health field. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. 
Yeah. Um, Amen. More power to you and congratulations on your work with sobriety and um, how many, how long, if I might ask? So after bouncing in and out of recovery, even after working in the mental health field, I actually, um, I, I relapsed or reoccurred with about three years clean. So I was actually working in the field and, and bounced out with about three years clean. So right now I am just under three years clean, uh, uh, three years clean in, in recovery. So uh, just under three years. Hey, congratulations on that. And I have a friend who is in recovery and reminds me that I, you, you don't necessarily have three years of sobriety. What you have is um, three times 365 days of sobriety. If that, does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Yeah. All we have is just, just for today, but all those days added, all those just for today's added up. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, good stuff, man. So have you met any healthcare heroes along the way? People who are doing it right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, on that path to recovery, I, uh, you know, I met some individuals in healthcare that, you know, I struggled with in the past. And then I've obviously met some people that have really helped guide me in my path. And one individual was a, was a, a therapist and, um, you know, and I don't know what it is about this therapist, but I, I think she had the benefit of the doubt because, um, you know, any, what I think with, any medical professional in healthcare is the more time they get to spend with you, the better. The, the more time someone gets to spend with you and get to know you, uh, the better healthcare they're going to be able to, to provide. Um, so what I can say is, is this individual that I'm talking about is I had the opportunity to do one-on-one -on -one therapy, group therapy in, in, a, in a setting where I lived at this place for inpatient treatment for a period of almost a year. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> um, and she's a therapist at a halfway house. And I, like okay. I said, I lived there for almost a year. And, uh, I, like I said, for, for someone to get to know you on almost a daily basis, you know, she worked there Monday through fi Friday, five days a week, not on the weekends. And for someone to be able to get to know you on a pretty personal basis, they, they can provide a, a pretty good, uh, uh, therapeutic, uh, opportunity, you know? Excellent. Yeah. Um, it, I may have missed this. I, did you, are you comfortable mentioning what her name is? Uh, yeah, I can do her. So her name's Kelly Shruffle. Yeah, I can okay. do that. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to Kelly Shruffle for the work yeah. that he's doing. Yeah. Um, she is a hero and deserves recognition for that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, thank you. Big thank you to her and kudos to her for, for what she's doing. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin, what does quality healthcare mean to you? So it's a good question. And I think, uh, meeting so for myself, I would say meeting me where I'm at and, uh, willing to ask questions and spend the time to get to know where I'm at. Um, so I'm not going to say just with, with therapy, because a lot of my treatment revolves around mental health and substance use. So sure. when I go to say my PCP, my primary care physician, I really feel a lot of the time when I go to pr my primary care physician, I feel like just a number. 
Right. Um, and that's tough for me because I feel like they're just transferring numbers in and out just to see all those people that they need to see. And I go to quite a big provider where they provide not only primary care physician, but they provide uh, dental services and, sure. and therapy and all that stuff. So there's so many people going in and out of there. Um, I Sometimes I feel like just the number, they're just trying to get you in and out, you know? Um, so I think just um, if, 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 individuals can spend a little more time that work in the healthcare system with their patients. I think that would be a little more efficient. I know it's not doable all the time, but uh, the more a professional can get to know their patient, the better off they'll, they'll be. Okay. So let me, let me just kind of share what I'm, I think you're hearing or what I'm hearing. And that is it's about getting to know your patient, right? Getting to know, what their circumstances are, what's going on with them. And so there are one way to do that is to spend more time with them. And, and that's, that was your primary request. The other thing that you were saying is to, to ask questions, to find out what's going on. And I'll go back. Um, Gabe was, uh, Gabe Grothaus was on, I don't know, several guests ago. And what he said uh, was to ask open-ended questions where it's not, it's not yes and no questions and it's not asking one word uh, one one word answer questions uh, which is interesting because that's exactly the parameters that i got from guinness they said i've got to ask each of my guests at least five questions and um, a conversation in which i ask a bunch of questions and they give one word answers is not considered a, an interview uh, so it's they've got to be questions that elicit responses that are are more than just uh, you know, one word or yes or no answers. That is that accurately summarizing what I heard? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Hey, I'm I'm going to pause right here for a second. We got people watching, and if if you're watching, I would love to uh, see you share a comment, um, say hi, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any of these episodes when they are rebroadcast. Uh, Kevin, back to you. And that is, what do you wish your medical providers understood about you? Um, so I guess I could say just uh, about me individually. So yeah, I was going to say just about everybody in general. So for me, for me independently, uh, just that I guess my past and where I came from, maybe, because, I, you know, the, I guess a lot of medical professionals, they have your medical past. Um, but like your medical past isn't you necessarily. You sure. know? So I guess that's one thing I would say that like and, and that's that whole piece with like getting to know you. Mm -hmm. So like your medical history is not who you are. It's stuff that you went through, but it's not who you are. And it, that could be stuff that's along the lines of medical trauma even. So, yeah, I, again, I, I love what you're saying because for me, I've had the experience of being viewed as, as my diagnosis. And you, on the other hand, are, have the experience of being viewed as your history. Um, 
And I, because I was thinking about it from the other side of things, like when, you know, when someone is giving you treatment and for example, if you need um, pain medications, that may, there may be some considerations there based on your, on your past. I, I don't know necessarily that I'm not asking you to divulge that. I've, I've, like I mentioned, my friend who is in recovery, that's his experience. He has to be aware of what's being prescribed for him because I'm um, just because of, of his situation. Right. Um, and so I was thinking that when you, when you talk about your history, that they need to know your history so they know how to properly treat you. But you're also saying at the same time, they need to, they need to be aware of your history as it relates to your treatment, but not to overly, overly buy into it or overly um, dwell on it. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's definitely accurate. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, cool. What is one thing that medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Oh, good question. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. So telehealth is fairly, I'm going to say up and coming since COVID. I mean, sure. it, telehealth has always been there recently, uh, sure. but it, it's been a lot more efficient and a lot more used now since COVID. Uh, telehealth needs to be, if they're, if, if medical professionals are going to use telehealth, they need to use it more, I'm going to say efficiently. Okay. Um, so what does that mean? That means, so my experience with telehealth has not been good during COVID. Uh, okay. My appointments have been canceled. They have been not very long, especially with therapy. It's just been, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Um, you know, I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. But um, if I really want to know what's going on in someone's life, I just, uh, I would ask a little more questions. I would dig a little deeper, especially if I know someone's on extensive medications and I know their diagnosis, you know? Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm hearing you say is there, there needs to be an attention to like, what is, what is it that brought you in today? But then also like, what else is going on in your world? Mm -hmm. And how do we make sure that, um, we have the, the proper intersection of what brings you in and what's going on in your world so that we can give you the right treatment plan to, to move you forward. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, telehealth has been beneficial in many, many ways, reaching people in rural areas and such, but, uh, you know, there's benefits and there's downfalls to everything. Excellent. So true. Uh, listen, Kevin, I, I appreciate you being here. Um, I appreciate your, your honesty and your openness about what's going on. And I, I, I respect your perspective on healthcare. Thank you, Rob. Hey man. Appreciate it. Um, and just being as you're here, let's go Steelers, right? Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.